Hi, everyone, and welcome to Parent Driven Development, a podcast about parenting and tech. I'm one of your hosts, Josh Pitts, and I'm here today with my friend, Sarah. I'm Sarah Olson, and I'm here with my friend, Kaywoo. Hi, everyone. In today's episode, we are interested in discussing a topic we're calling digital hypocrisy or maybe hypocrisy syndrome. And what it is is really that there's a lot of discussion out there already about screen time, and there's generally a default assumption that we want to be minimizing the amount of screen time that we have our kids be engaged in. But at the same time, like we obviously do these jobs where we put food on the table, like kind of slightly correlation to how much screen time we are engaged in. And that's kind of weird, isn't it? Super weird. Have you have you guys struggled struggled with this? Um, I have a I have a ten year old, so I feel like I'm struggling with this daily. I don't have a good answer. That's part of my problem. I'm curious what what your experience has been having younger children. So mine are four and eight. Um, I'm also an iOS developer. So I have all the devices. I have like six to eight iPads. We have four or five phones. We have like uh, two Apple TVs. Like we have everything because you know, I'm an Apple developer and I need it for testing and we just buy all the Apple things. So I don't know how, like, how to get away from that. Like, they're just everywhere. And, like, my kids could figure out an iPad really early on. They're really intuitive. So, like, I think my youngest was, like, a year and a half old. And I found her on top of our upright piano, like, standing. (gasps) She had the iPad in her hand. (laughs) She had unlocked it. And she was trying to buy something in the app store. (laughs) And I was just like, oh, my gosh. So, like, our hiding spot for hiding the iPads was not working. And <laughs> they're just obsessed with them. They make them really happy. But at the same time, like, we know we shouldn't just, like, let them have them all the time. So we try to limit it. But it's, like, it's also, like, this constant struggle. <laughs> it sounds like something out of an Apple ad, right? Like, just put some <laughs> some twee music in the background. and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I almost I feel like for for folks who are designing things to be really extremely user friendly i'm like here's some positive feedback like what one and a half year olds can figure this out uh my my illiterate grandma uses an ipad uh without any issue like it's totally cool that's great on usability achievements there <laughs> right but um, usability is bad right yeah we really want them too to easy know. So I'm curious yeah. if you all have uh, like if you tried to put limits in place. Um, so I, our daughter was born in the dark ages before iPhones. Um, <laughs> but oh, oh, trust me, there was just regular television. And I remember back then the debate was about how much, if any, television a child should be able to watch. And I th- think about ten years ago, the recommendation from the American. Oh, sorry, the, like the Academy of Child Specialists and Pediatricians. It's not that. It, it's something like that. But the recommendation was like no – we called them the Academy of Fun Killers. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> all their recommendations were just like, oh. Uh, but they recommended that like kids not view screens at all before they were two. 
Um, and like outside of putting horse blinders on our daughter, I just, I don't know how we would do that. Um, so we, we ended up like going maybe the first year without like having her watch any television. And then we kind of, we did it very like, you know, gently, like maybe a half hour a day of like Sesame street or something like that. But then, then the iPhone hit and just my husband and I disappeared down a digital rabbit hole, never to be found again. And, you know, <laughs> fast forward to when she's five or six and the, the conversation wasn't about, can she watch a half hour of Sesame Street at home while I try to take a shower? It was more like, oh, she's fussy at the restaurant table. Do we give her the iPad now? Do we pretend to wait five more minutes? Like, <laughs> what do we do? Uh, yeah. And then you have multiple kids and like all those rules go out the window because your older kid is old enough mm. to like do those things. And the younger kid wants to do everything that like big sister does. Uh, so then what do you do? Yeah. I mean, I, I only have a, a seven month old, so my direct experience is much more like I been spending way more time on my phone and on Facebook generally, which is like a whole topic in itself as well. Like, Facebook has learned so much about me in the past year, I feel, <laughs> compared to up until now. Um, so I've been thinking about that. But well, so, so for one, my understanding of the recommendations are still like no screen time at all in the first two years. And people definitely have attitudes around it that are like, if there's any pixel of light that touches their newborn eyes from any source other than the sun, like (laughs) they are never going to get into college kind of way. Um, So we've, we've definitely like broken that already or whatnot, but you know, I'm like, well, like we're video chatting with family or, you know, my husband like really wanted to watch the football game and they're quote watching together or we're like family jeopardy watching time, like early training for, getting him on the show someday to earn back his student loans. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. The first time we watched a movie and our daughter was like in the room, I thought child services was going to bust down the door. I mean, I I think it it was like a PG movie or something. It was something with a dog or something. I remember like it was, it was totally fine for her, but it was, it wasn't animated. So she wasn't interested at the time, but I was absolutely convinced we were doing something horrible by not waiting until she went to bed to watch TV. Yeah. I was going to note that, my experience has been, you know, when I go out for lunch or something with friends and their whole family comes along too, like there's definitely like this default sort of guilt and apologetic attitude about like, oh, like, sorry, like we're bringing the iPad along, like we're such bad parents for using the iPad to placate our children in public or something. And I was end up like, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> Have you yeah, ever? Yeah, I've gotten some really like harsh feedback from people about like, oh my gosh, you let your child watch an iPad. And oh, me too. There's there's a lot of strong opinions that people like to offer on that subject. I've had situations. Just say that out loud, like to, to in front of you. <laughs> yes, or on Slack. Like, there's a lot of judgy, judgy comments in like our like tech parenting threads about like. I can't believe you do that. <gasps> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, what what is it about digital devices that makes parents feel like they can criticize other parents? I feel like everything else is mm-hmm. off limits, like, you know, breastfeeding, bedtime, school mm-hmm. choice. It's all like, well, whatever works for you, but when it comes to that screen, oh man, I we were out to dinner with another couple and 
you know, our daughter had her iPad along and we usually let her not watch videos, but she can read or play like art type games like drawing until the food comes. And their family was like on digital lockdown. So we just explained to our daughter like, okay, they have different rules. So we're just going to go with their Mm -hmm. rules. It was tense there for a second where they were like, well, you're not going to let her be on that iPad. Well, you know, we're over here or not. Like, okay. Yeah. I'm not sure where that, where that comes from, but you're right. Like I don't see that with other like parenting topics. It's the devices that really brings out the nastiness. I don't know. Do you feel like you've gotten comments like that from people who aren't as involved with tech for their jobs? Do you think that there are, there's something in the attitudes that is the parents level of comfort or discomfort with said technologies because I I feel like on the one hand when you work in tech you're like oh I like know a lot about the kinds of things that are possible that are really cool but also you could be like I also know that everything is like just about to break and be stolen and is really horrible and gonna fall apart soon so yeah (laughs) I definitely feel like I've gotten more comments from parents that maybe aren't as technically savvy um, mm. especially when you start talking about like, well, um, and I, I want to drill into this later, but we try to make some differentiation instead of just lumping everything together as screen time. Um, mm. I read a couple blog posts once about a guy who was complaining about his, it was a, it was a, it was a jokey blog post, but it was something to the effect of like, I cannot believe you let your kids have so much paper time and crayon time. <laughs> it's rotting their brains. Like, what do you just let them read books whenever? Like, why aren't they engaging with nature? <laughs> and when I think about it like that, it's like, well, this is insane. Um, so it's we try to like focus it more upon like what is our daughter doing on the screen? Is she watching mm-hmm. like you know insipid toy reviews on YouTube? Okay, that's less time spent on that, or is she like you know. <laughs> reading Wikipedia or reading a book or doing art stuff. But I do feel like I, I explain this to other parents and they just look at me and their eyes glaze over and they're like, what do you mean? I thought it was just a candy crush device. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think I've heard both from like people who are not very tech savvy and people who are very tech savvy. And I, I don't know why that is necessarily of just like they understand tech and like are more worried about what could happen to your children. There was an article recently, I don't remember what it was, but it was talking about how like YouTube and other places have been like infiltrated by these bots of like generated content. And so like the stuff that your children are watching are not like scripted things that people make. It's like these bots kind of do these weird things. And some of them are actually like violent and can be really horrible content, but they're like hiding behind these like cartoons that parents don't quite recognize. And I've noticed like my youngest, who's the one that was on top of the piano uh, with an iPad when she was very little, she would like found out that she can use Siri to like find the stuff she wants, oh, right? Because yes. she like, can't read yet. So we're like, oh, it's fine. She can't even read. Like she can't, like how is she going to get around? But she's super smart. So she uses Siri and she was like getting into YouTube and it's YouTube kids, but like it's not really that curated. So the stuff she was finding, we we're just like, oh my gosh, what is this? And we were like trying to lock it down more. But I think it's easy for them to get into bad places without you noticing, even though it's like YouTube kids, like that should be fine. So that is kind of scary. And I think it it's really important. Like, what does your children have access to? Are you like paying attention to what they're doing? 
are they doing something that's like, oh, they're doing like a math game or, you know, reading a book or are they just like watching the uh, opening videos that my kids love? They like think oh, they're treats. Yes, my, my kids like that as well. Yeah, right. Like they just open toys and then like <laughs> the person like plays with the toys and makes funny voices and then they open more toys like, oh, what did I get? And they like love these videos. And so we tried to like restrict them and say like, this is junk. Like we don't watch this kind of stuff. And they're like, oh, but mommy, can I just watch one more junk, please? It's like, no, this is not a treat. Like this is not a reward. (laughs) Just one more junk. I want to share this is just one more junk. (laughs) That happens so much. And we're just like, I don't know how to get away from this being like, one more junk, please. Uh, Yeah, it's true. I guess there is something about the format because, you know, it's like you're not going to go to the library or a bookstore and be like, oh, this toddler's board book accidentally has scenes of graphic violence in it. Like That's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. You're sort of shielded because of the format that you're engaging in, whereas anything with screens and connected to the Internet, like there's just so much more to do. And I, I mean, I could totally sympathize with parents who would want to just be like I just don't want to deal with having to learn how to filter that well Mm -hmm. and that makes sense but it does seem also kind of a big leap to then be like well if anyone else allows any screen time at all like it must be the bottom of the barrel kind of material Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd read a book on screen time last summer and what I found interesting about that is that I think the first edition of it came out like it, it was mostly focused on television and that had like a little bit on smartphones and things like that after. So it, it spent a lot of time talking about basically like the baby Einstein, baby genius era where I, I guess maybe in the nineties or so there was more of an idea of like, Oh, actually these like educational programs with on TV or on devices of some kind, like those are actually an improvement in terms of child development and education than what we'd had previously at all. Like there was a lot of marketing around this, but the research over time basically seemed to indicate that, uh, so so for example, there was a study they talked about where um, you could have an adult explain something to a child, like in front of the child in person, or you could have a child watch a video of the same adult explaining the same thing and somehow like being in person was still much more effective for actually teaching the child whatever concept they were testing i'm I'm the, I'm the same way i think about a webinar oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> isn't that like so interesting i so my, like my conclusion from all of that was that fundamentally we are monkeys like we are monkeys that are designed to learn from other monkeys in person like, there's so much stuff that we're just really geared to take advantage of uh, from being in person and so i feel like the conclusion a lot of it was from like a learning developmental standpoint that kids really benefit most from like careful attentive one-on-one or just like low ratio a time with adults versus screens and like not that screens are the the devil or anything to fully avoid but you know every, every everything else that you do like and you can't it's just not feasible to achieve constant you know devoted attention for children at all times especially as they get older so most other tools that you might use you evaluate against that ideal of like kind of what our brains are geared to help learn from 
so that was kind of like my general conclusion. And, and it seemed like a lot of it was with the screen time thing. It was much more about all these studies about whether it's like the effects from having TV on in the background constantly or anything like that. And it was, it seemed like it was less, oh, it's bad for kids to have their eyes looking at these screens all the time and more like, well, if there are screens on all the time, then the adults around the children are more distracted and not paying as close attention to the children. And like, those are the effects that we see as a result, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. Have either of you ever heard of unlimited screen time? Like unlimited vacation. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Ch- children of Netflix employees get unlimited screen time. Uh, no, I've actually read um, um, some parenting blogs, which I should just not read at all. I can, oh, that's a whole nother. That's another show. I think parenting magazines and blogs are going to have to be a whole nother topic we dive into mm. sometime. And specifically how they make me personally feel. <laughs> but I'm um, going to add it to our Trello board oh, right gosh, now. Yes, yes. I'm um, <laughs> but I have read about some parents saying like, you know what? We just decided to let them have unlimited screen time and try to address what our concerns were specifically about our kids and their screen time. And what if, what if we stopped blaming screens? Like, you know, what, what are we afraid of? They're, they're not going to have friends. They're going to be, you know, just, they're going to be obsessed with it all the time. They're not going to develop social skills. And a couple of these like parent blogs were like, we just decided to say like, whatever, you can have as much screen time as you want. I don't care. Um, kind of like not making it the forbidden fruit. And I was expecting a lot of these blog posts to be like, it was amazing and our kid got sick of the iPad and it sits in the corner and they mm-hmm. never look at it. That is not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, listeners. Like, that's no. Um, but I thought it was an interesting approach. Um, and it, it brought me back to the idea that we, we tend, to, I think sometimes the screen time is a stand in for something else we either are afraid of happening to our children or mm. we're trying to control or like a behavior they wish we would we wish they would do instead and i i don't know how i feel about that cuz i i just feel so conflicted overall especially when my daughter asked me then like well why do you spend so much time on the computer and I say like, well, I'm working. And she's like, yeah, well, but I'm not at home during the day. I'm talking about why do you spend so much time on the computer when I am home? <sighs> I'm like, wow. She's just like, like really yeah. driving it in. Like, Honey, <laughs> would you like to watch a junk video? Here you go. Have some junk. Do you here's still some, love me? Here's some here's junk. junk video. Here's a junk video. Go away. <laughs> she has a good point. I, yeah. I try to focus on learning good digital like behaviors than like limiting things so if you limit things like great like they haven't seen it your house but what happens when they go to their friend's house or you know like they're in an environment that you don't control and they're on a screen you haven't prepared them for anything so I try to focus on like how do we recognize that something isn't good for you to watch like how do we recognize what is good content what's bad content like, what are you getting from this? Do you feel like, you know, like these opening videos, are they really like, what are you getting out of it? And we talk about like what you could be getting out of something else that like, it's still fun to watch, but like, there's something more to it. 
And it's been really hard to make that distinction. Like, how do I verbalize like what's good and what's bad, especially to like a four-year-old? Like she doesn't quite get it. But the eight-year-old is starting to go like, oh, okay. Like I get why this would be better. So like making good choices about the things we're doing. Uh, because then they can yeah. take those choices to their friends too and make good choices there where I don't have that like access to control things. I feel like there's a, a little bit of a parallel to, you know, attitudes around introducing children to alcohol or something too, right? Like in the US, we tend to have a very draconian attitude about it. And then when kids have the freedom about it, they haven't had practice like being like, oh, you can do this like in moderation and like make good choices around it. It's just like, very all or nothing right uh, kind of result sometimes and that usually like the children then kind of act out that way where like they're binging or you yeah. know it's like oh i have it and i gotta like do it now because who knows when i'll get it again and mm-hmm. yeah i've been making, asking the same questions of myself when i am looking at my phone because my daughter has been mm-hmm. asking me like questions like what why are you always looking at your phone and i would be like well i have to um <laughs> argue with strangers on the internet during <laughs> dinner it's very important i mean someone is wrong on the internet <laughs> you eat your broccoli i'm in tabs versus spaces like don't <laughs> and she's right like why why am i on this thing i found myself um recently i've been i've just every time i pull my um phone out i ask myself what am i what am i going for what what's my goal what what is there something I'm looking for? Am I looking for a piece of information? Am I just trying to waste time? Like I found myself walking up the steps to our apartment the other day and I pulled my phone out while I was walking up the steps to like look at Instagram and I was like, what am I doing? What <laughs> this is mental. If my daughter were to pull out her phone while she was walking down the street, I would have a con I'd be like, Don't do that. Um yeah. So I think I think our kids could teach us a lot about like why do we do the things we do with our our um, technology. I think that's yeah. a really good point. Like, like what you were saying earlier about how much how much of our anxiety around these things are it's displacing some other thing, and and I, I do think that part of it is sort of our our own uneasy relationship with these devices, and potentially like you know sometimes I, I do feel a little addicted to just like passing the time in this like very shallow level of engagement rather than just being present or being absorbed in something a little more deeply. I worry about that, like that my concentration level is just getting frittered away on things that don't matter very much. I also, I didn't grow up with, I mean, I had video games growing up and I had television, but I didn't, I didn't have a personal device that I carried everywhere. I think sometimes I worry about, are we doing permanent damage to our kids by having this device everywhere? Or is it really cool that she has access to information all the time that I never did? And the answer is probably somewhere in between. But sometimes I think it's more of like, I don't know what it means for a child to grow up with all these digital devices around because I didn't grow up like that. Mm -hmm. But the other side of that is, is that you need to prepare them for whatever's next. Right. And like right now everyone has these things, like it's only going to progress further and you want them to have the best chance for success. And really like tech is going to be an important part of everyone's lives. And so you need to understand it. And so like, at the same time, like they need to have that screen time. They need to understand how tech works so that like they can be successful in the future. 
I can't imagine interviewing for a job and explaining like, well, I've never been allowed to look at screens, but I, <laughs> I'm here to code. <laughs> yeah. um, in addition to the the philosophy around kind of thinking about it as though, you know, it's a tool and we're like teaching digital literacy and like how to make choices around here. Um, one thing that I feel like I'd read somewhere was that that's hard with, especially our, our phones, is that when you're holding them, like a kid who's watching you is just watching you use the phone. Like they can't necessarily see what you're yeah, doing. Cause you, yeah. you know, you could be arguing with someone on Twitter, but you could also be like checking your calendar to make sure that, you know, you get to the doctor on time or something that is like more important. And so I heard a recommendation that was sort of like, if you're on the, uh, using a device, like while your kids are there sort of trying to narrate out loud to them what exactly you're doing and trying to model things in that way a little bit better, That's which I feel like is, is, is interesting. And I feel like that, that could help with kind of making the distinction and, and trying to bring some awareness to yourself as well about setting like the example that you hope to set for like, oh, these are sort of better uses than other uses and being more present. Yeah. I think mindful too. of your own. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I also think about it because like I've been reading more on my phone too, just, you know, using Kindle books sent to my phone directly. And I was reading about encouraging a love of reading and love of books and how so much of what kids pick up are is just from what you model like what you're doing and I wonder if there is an argument to be made that when I am doing my own reading I should be trying to get physical books out from the library more often and model like looking at the books because the other idea that I heard at some point too is that the devices are very magical, right? The the level of technology that we're at is definitely, it's hard to understand how things are going versus more physical objects or toys in the world where a kid could explore with them and test out like, oh, if I do this and this other change happens, like how an iPad actually works takes a fair amount of sophistication to be able to understand. And that again, with the idea that we're all just monkeys, it's not really self-evident to understand how the thing works um, until later on. One thing we had tried was trying to like, you know, very, very clearly separate like the activities, the video watching, the book reading, the art drawing activities. We, and I'm not like saying that a a, a device, (laughs) throwing more technology at the problem obviously doesn't help. (laughs) We had a, we had a small device hooked up to our router that would help monitor the traffic. This is going to sound super creepy in NSA, but it's okay because I'm her parent. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, our government is surely doing this and we're like all aghast, but like, you know, when I installed on my router, it's fine. It was a, it was a product called Circle. And it looked at the traffic going to and from devices on your network and you could set like time limits. Like, you know, uh, my daughter can only be on the internet for say two hours, but you could, but what I really enjoyed about it was you could set time limits per specific activity. So I could say she gets a half hour of YouTube viewing time a day, but she can have as much time on Kindle 
um, mm-hmm. as she likes. And it wasn't perfect because it was just looking at network traffic, but it, it helped us like start to give her the conversation like, how much video watching time do you think is appropriate? How much game playing time do you think is appropriate? And why do you think that? Okay. You, do you think 12 hours? I think less. Here's why I think this amount of time is appropriate. <laughs> Let's agree or, or I'll tell you and then get you to agree on, on, a, on, a, on an amount of time. And then she understood like she, she was able to like budget her time. Like, okay, you, you get an hour to watch YouTube videos a day. If you want to roll through an hour of junk videos before you go to school and you've got your chores done, that is your deal. But when you get home, you know, you're not going to have any time left. Um, so we kind of tried to turn it into like a time management skill as well. We also went hand in hand with like, you know, you can read as many books on this thing as you want. <laughs> Or like a like giving kids an a, an allowance to try to help them start learning budgeting things and making choices. Yeah. Like you can buy like cheap candy, or you can save up for the thing that you want more. Oh, uh, choices that way. Screen time as an allowance sounds fascinating. I'm sure there's a startup somewhere working on that. That's kind of an interesting idea. Well, I'm wondering if the circle thing that you were talking about if it would give uh your kid a warning at some point of like yes hey like you've you've used like yeah you're you're halfway through your allowance for the day like yep so it had an it had an app that they could check and it would show how much time they had left and i think they had integrations with like chore apps which we haven't really explored very much but they could do chores to earn screen time it was it was really kind of like how you set it up it was it was kind of an interesting idea. Um, we, we rolled with it for like a, probably a year or two back when she was like maybe seven or eight and just, you know, was first getting started with an iPad. And now I think she's a little more, frankly, overscheduled. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, now I think she's a, a little more responsible that we can just say like, hey, I think you should give your pad a break. You've been on it, you know, for a while. And she'll say, yeah, I probably should. Um, not always, but. Good job. Well done. <laughs> it's not, it's not always good there. It is, it's hard on it like a, on a rainy afternoon day when, yeah. You know, thinking of, speaking of unlimited screen time, I realize we actually do do unlimited screen time just in, within a certain amount of time. Saturday morning is mm. our, we're, I'm not doing chores. I'm not doing laundry. I'm not even going to shower until like 10 or 11. <laughs> Um, that's like my video game time. That's her screen watching time. We've kind of like carved out a little bit of time to look forward to. Like the new Saturday morning cartoons. Exactly. Oh man. There was no screen time discussion when I was a kid around Saturday morning cartoons. (laughs) My mom was always like, it was so hard to get you awake for school every single day. And then Saturday comes around and of course you're like bright eyed and bushy tailed at crack of dawn. What is that? Kids know. We know, right? Speaking of, it is so funny to try and, like, see my daughters wrap their heads around TV. Like, because everything we've always done has been, like, streaming. (gasps) So, like, TV where there's, like, a schedule and you can't just pick what you want to watch. It's, like, that's the thing on and you can't, like, go back. You have to watch what's on right now. Like, they can't wrap their heads around it. It's kind of hilarious. Do we want to, um, maybe just for the record, I think it would be interesting, um, for, for, for each to like give our, um, our, our statement, (laughs) what we do for screen time in our households. Um, I, I think I kind of feel like we should put our cards on the table. (laughs) 
are, are we all comfortable having our listeners um, judge us? <laughs> I'm actually, I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally willing to to go forth and put it on the record because mostly I, I feel like it's just going to be future me at some point being like, ah, ha, 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 you're so, that was cute. <laughs> the, <ideas laughs> the three months so, reunion episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, so, so we just have the seven month old and, you know, we ask because we're moving, we got rid of our TV. Um, but you know, we'd, we'd had sitting with him to like watch Jeopardy every so often together and whatnot. And so I think our screen time policy was more like, it's fine for when you're like connecting with family in some way. So video chat with our family that we're moving to be closer to watching things together, but trying to do so in a more just like, yeah, engaged sort of way where like, we're still paying attention to what his cues are and trying to like, not to sink into where we're all just sitting on the couch, like drooling and our mouths open kind of (laughs) absorption of material. And there's a lot of time in between, but the, the other idea that I have right now that my husband and, I think we want to do is basically like we will like find a dumb phone is what my husband likes to call it like a flip phone or something when when he's old enough to you know wanting to give him a phone to be able to contact us or something but like if you want anything fancier than that then like you're gonna have to get a job and pay for it yourself kind of thing so we'll see I'm pretty sure we're gonna like fight or tell them or like regret those words eventually but uh oh, that's right. the current plan that's a good plan if you want a smartphone like you, you're you gonna have to earn it <laughs> oh crap that genie's already out of the bottle i'll go next yeah. uh speaking of which so <laughs> yeah. no um, i mean i think total like grandparents are gonna buy him one or something and then we're gonna be like thank you but no uh, it's gonna be awkward oh my gosh yeah. it, uh wow so um unlike sarah i'm not an ios developer so i don't have like a good i think that's a great that's a great reason to have stuff around um yeah as of right now my our daughter is 10 um she's in fourth grade uh we don't have a formalized screen time policy uh we kind of have broken our we've we've broken our days and our screen time regulation zones oh it sounds so formal into like you know weekdays the morning before school and then weekday evenings and then there's the weekends, which are completely like different. And, you know, in our weekday flow, um, I should back up a second. Our daughter has an iPad. Um, our daughter also has an iPhone. Uh, it's my old iPhone and I pay for her cell phone service because we wanted to be able to get a hold of her. She is kind of not a free range child, but she goes out by herself to a park down the street and I feel better knowing I can get a hold of her. Um, yeah, that's- yeah, yeah. So, um, she, in terms of like like watching videos, we we try to make sure that only happens in the evening and it's kind of like a relaxation thing. You know, have you done your homework? Have you done your chores? We can have a little bit of screen time before bed, but preferably not right, 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 right before bed. Um, you know, not like, you know, screen time, then turn turn the, the light off because that that will definitely keep her up. Uh, weekends, we tend to be a lot more loosey goosey. Like I said, weekend, you know, Saturday mornings are like my screen binge time for a couple hours at least. So she gets to do the same. And then in the afternoon, if we're not going anywhere, if I'm just doing projects around the house or whatever, I try to encourage her to, to draw or get out and play with her friends or set up play dates or something, but really try to limit that screen time. 
And then weekend evenings, we'll usually watch a movie together. Um, we'll pop some popcorn and all sit down and watch a movie together. The other, the other like exception I think is when we're traveling. Uh, we live in a very rural part of the state. And whenever we go to see grandma, it's a three hour drive and we'll bring a book along and we'll try to encourage her to read a book. She used to just want to watch movies the whole time. Lately, she just wants to put on her headphones and listen to music and stare out the, um, the window as we drive, which terrifies me because that's prime teenager behavior. But, <laughs> but, but I'm okay with it. She does that too now when she goes to the park. She puts her headphones on and she listens to music as she goes to the park. And I'm like, oh man, she's growing up so fast. But that, that's our policy. I think our screen time, um, arguments have drastically reduced even, even over the last year. So we don't have a formal policy around anything. It's just kind of up to our discretion whether we allow them to watch their iPad or not. So we kind of have a device pool kind of thing, like a little thing set up where you can plug all our devices in because, like I said, I, we have a lot. So they have to ask, like, can I watch my iPad? And we just kind of decide, like, okay, well, like, how do we feel about this in the moment? But we don't have like a lot of rules around it. I'm sure like there are some if like I went stopped and like thought about mm -hmm. what our rules are, but like we don't have anything set in stone. So I'm like, ah, like we probably have some rules, but I really thought about it. I wonder actually if you ask your kids, they would be able to articulate the rules like that they've learned from. Oh my <laughs> gosh, sure oh. That, right? Like they yeah. probably concluded like, okay, like. If if my parents look tired, like this is a prime time to <laughs> their defenses are down. I was thinking yeah, it'd be interesting it, to ask our kids what they think the screen time rules are <laughs> and if they match what our screen time rules are. Oh, that would yeah. that would be a great experiment. And, and then also, like yeah. my husband and I have different rules. So like I don't watch Ooh. like I don't let them watch their iPad in the car, but he does. So like they are always like, oh, can I watch my iPad in the car, mom? I'm like, no. Well, daddy lets me. <gasps> what, what do you do when you're all together? <laughs> I, I do not let them. <laughs> so if I'm in the car, it's not happening. But we also have like one of those DVD players in our van so they can like watch a movie. I'm like, just watch the movie. Like, it's like, we'll turn the movie on. I'm like, oh, it's boring. Huh? <laughs> oh, they have preferred screens. Oh, right. Yes. They're so spoiled <laughs> that they prefer their iPads now. Not on screen time, but my, my husband aunt shared with me that uh, to prevent the like going to one parent and then going to the other parent thing. Uh, she said when she was raising their son that their family rule was like whichever parent you asked for a decision on something first, like that's the decision that stands. So choose oh. wisely. <laughs> it's like the court system. Yeah, I mean, There's no appeal. Yeah. I mean, we haven't set that one out, but that's pretty much it. Like if the first parent says no, then it's no. Like we kind of stick to each other's answers. Cool. Yeah. Except for the iPad in the car. I'm not, <laughs> they're not getting that one. <laughs> Well, let's move on to our genius and fail segment. Um, this is a segment every episode where we go around and each of us share either a parenting genius or a parenting fail moment that happened over the past couple of weeks. I don't know if this is a genius or a fail. I'm, I want to say it's a genius, but I'm kind of embarrassed by it. 
but everybody I've told about it thinks it's a genius as well. So I work remotely full time and occasionally I do have to travel for work. Uh, one such instance was about three weeks ago. I traveled to a suburb of Richmond. Virginia for some company training and a company meet and greet. And I was only gone for like maybe three or four days. And one of the, the rituals, um, and, and customs I've established with my daughter is that when I travel for business, I bring her something back. Um, something small, nothing, nothing huge or anything. Um, this particular trip was way different. Usually I'm going to very interesting and exotic places. This time I was holed up in a hotel in suburban Richmond. Um, I think it was like a mile walk to a TGI Fridays. Like it was not, it was not a gift target rich environment by any means. And I have, I don't want to just get her something from the airport. That just, that's, that sounds like bad parent to me. Like if I got her like a little Delta airplane, oh, this sounds horrible, right? Um, also I set the bar way too high. I used to work remotely for a company based out of New York. So I would go to New York like every couple of months. And to my daughter, New York means one thing. It's where the Nintendo world store is. And it means, <laughs> and it's also what it means to be all the best Pokemon toys come from New York. So I have set the bar for travel gifts way too high. Um, so what I've been doing the last couple of trips is I'll look for a, a toy, or a small piece of jewelry or a cool souvenir from the place I'm at while I'm there. But I will pre-order a backup gift from Amazon and have it sent home and then hide it somewhere. And I will covertly <laughs> place it in my luggage when I get home. And so far she's been, uh, she, she's been unwilling to like ask questions about how my luggage got shut with this ginormous like teddy bear in it or something. <laughs> But I just say, I got you this on my trip, which is technically true. And then that way I don't have to stress out and buy her a Delta airplane in the Green Bay airport. Aww. So I'm calling that a genius. Definitely genius. 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 Thank you. Pre-order your gifts. That's my genius. Oh, I'm using that. That's our official verdict is genius. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, jury. I'll... Uh share one that's just like parenting things you know so you know we've been introducing solids and like that's i was stressing about sleep and now i'm stressing about solids of like oh is he like progressing like are we going through like the right textures is he getting you know enough to be learning foods and like not get a hang up about solids but and i'm trying to introduce this product called spoonful one because we have a family history of food allergies and that's supposed to try to help it's got like little bits of all of the most common food allergens and if you introduce it like between six to eight months it's supposed to help reduce the likelihood that they'll have really strong food allergies later on at the same time i don't want too many solids because i still want to breastfeed until a full year like ugh, i'm just like constantly caught between competing goals like that's like my view of parenthood so far is like, I want to do all these things and I feel bad about not straddling the line perfectly in some way. Anyway, solids. I feel like I've been spending all this energy from like trying to learn and observe what's going on. And my conclusion is that I think he might be like texture sensitive, similar to how my husband is. And so um, like I'd been just steaming carrots or like mashing up avocado, but nothing is sort of in that uniformly pureed texture. So I was like, you know what? Like we were just going to go like buy some, buy us some like jarred organic, but jarred baby food from the store and 
test out like is it the stringy sweet potato texture that he doesn't like or is it like the actual sweet potato flavor because I'm like all babies love sweet potatoes right like why is he rejecting this sweet potato that's so weird anyway it, it totally worked out and so I'm like oh okay that's that's why people do like <laughs> charred baby food like <laughs> there's a reason people go for it uh there's all this like these different products available like learning on that again but I just felt good about it and as a sort of let me like apply on um, my what 16 years of formal education and additional life experience to analyzing and trying to solve scientifically this issue of how do I try to get my baby to eat more solids <laughs> and run a scientific experiment to figure out the end result so there's that that's what awesome. I'm feeling good about this week. <laughs> that is, that's awesome. Good for you for like that. That take that takes nerves. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just I'm just like, you know, spending like I I feel like I had all this extra like what did I spend all this energy on before I had the kid? But like now I'm like <laughs> so focused. Like let me like solve this problem and design an experiment to figure out if I'm right or not. That's awesome. The allergy food thing sounds really interesting. I wish that they had had something like that. Yeah, right. I mean, I had no idea like how how much an effective it's really going to be, but uh, yeah, th- this, my, it's one of those things where I feel like like ultimately my true goal is to feel like I did everything that I could and not let go of like whether it's quote unquote successful or not. But we'll see. I'll post a link in. Okay, so I'm going to call my moment a fail. My daughter came home with like a cute little artwork like she does almost every day. Uh, This one is like a little booklet of like drawings of her hand. And it says, whenever there is work to do, just tear out a hand and I'll help you. And so it's like it's got four little hands in there and like I could tear them out and then my four-year-old is supposed to help me. So I was like, oh, great. So if I tear one of these hands out, are you going to help me? And she looks at me and she goes, maybe. And I'm like, are you going to help me? Probably not. (laughs) 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 And I'm like, I know she wouldn't because like, she's really just being honest with me. Uh, (laughs) But it was kind of (laughs) funny that she was like, no, I mean, like we both know that I'm not going to do it. Uh, so she's like, nah, probably not. So, uh, I mean, like the thought was nice, I guess, but. Did you, did you try it? Did you, did you try to like, well, I, I cash a coupon at some point? Tempting, like, like I was going to start tearing it and she's like, mom, don't ruin the artwork. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like if I actually try to get her to help that it would ruin her art project. So I'm not allowed to tear it out. So it was performance art. <laughs> I, yeah. Let's go with that. <laughs> well, it was a thing where like when you're very young or very old, you can get away with just like being so straight up blunt. And, you know, obviously I'm past the very young age. And so that's like the thing I'm most looking forward to about being an elderly lady is just be able to just completely yeah. remove all filters that I've had to implement through my middle aged years. Oh, it's like a dream right now. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to our episode today. If you want to follow us um, on the internet, you can, during your allowed screen time on Saturday mornings, <laughs> um, you can uh, argue about tabs versus spaces with us on Twitter at Parent Driven Dev. You can use your hour of screen time to find us at parentdrivendevelopment.com. If you have questions or you just want to shame us about our screen time policies, you can email us <laughs> at panel at parentdrivendevelopment.com. Um, if you want to support the show, we would love for you to join our community. Um, we have a Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash parentdrivendev. There you can contribute and get access to our members only community where we shame each other for our screen time policies. I'm kidding. We are super supportive. <laughs> um, and, uh, I just want to say thank you to everybody for listening. 